Hello, I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church. This podcast homily for Fourth Sunday in Lent is the fifth in a series of seven podcast homilies for the season of Lent. Listeners may benefit from our AIC seasonal video series on Lent presented in three episodes, each link from the digital library page with the MP3 podcast version link from the podcast archive page at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. The series offers a brief history of the evolution of Lent with the addition of Ash Wednesday in the 7th century, Anglican traditions of Lenten season, and commentary on the Collect Epistle and Gospel readings for Ash Wednesday and all six Sundays in Lent in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer. The Collect Epistle and Gospel readings for Fourth Sunday in Lent are discussed in Episode 2. The Epistle reading for Fourth Sunday in Lent is Galatians 4, verses 21 to 31. In this reading, St. Paul employs the allegorical form to compare the Old Covenant based upon the Mosaic Law for which the bondswoman Hagar and Mount Sinai are the symbols to the New Covenant symbolized by the free woman Sarah and the New Jerusalem above interpreted in the early church to mean the Christian church in which the faithful are, quote, born after the Spirit and are the, quote, children of promise. Understanding the meaning is easier if you remember that the Bible was not divided into chapters and verses until the early 1200s and that St. Paul's thought is continued into the first verse of the next chapter, chapter 5, in which he says in verse 1, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. The Gospel reading for Fourth Sunday in Lent, John 6, verses 1 to 14, is St. John's account of the feeding of the 5,000. The feeding of the multitudes most likely took place near the city of Bethsaida, hometown to Nathaniel, Peter and Andrew, one of the several large towns or cities on the east side of the Sea of Galilee. In St. John's Gospel, the story of the fourth of the seven signs or miracles reported by St. John from the Greek Samian illustrate the divinity of Jesus Christ, for only God could have performed such wonders. Other evangelists wrote about the miraculous feedings, but only St. John includes by name Philip and Andrew and gives them speaking roles. They express doubts concerning how they were to feed 5,000 hungry followers who had been traveling with the group most far from their homes for many days. Philip was skeptical of where they could buy enough bread to feed so many. Regarding the five loaves and two small fish, Andrew said, but what are they among so many? One aspect of the feeding that is often ignored is an obvious one, that the act demonstrated Jesus' compassionate nature. He saw that those who were following were hungry and that many more were far from home. He understood their need and provided for them. In the Eastern Church, Jesus is known 
as the one who provides for us. I think that St. John's account gives us a view of the event that is unique in another way, the liturgical structure of the way the event proceeded. The form is the same as that used in traditional Holy Eucharist, Holy Communion. Jesus blesses the bread and fish and offers a prayer of thanksgiving. Many in the Western Church do not know that the word Eucharist comes from the Greek word, which means thanksgiving. Holy Eucharist is a form of thanksgiving to the Lord for the gift of his Son and his offer of salvation for those who believe in him and receive his body and blood through the sacrament of Holy Communion. St. John wrote elsewhere in his Gospel that Jesus' absolute statement concerning the body and blood as the only path to the Father caused many to fall away and no longer follow Jesus. He made that observation in John 6, verse 66. Jesus uses the disciples to assist him in distribution, just as the traditionalist priest uses his deacons and lay readers or others to distribute the bread and wine to the faithful. The same is true for the remaining fragments. That which is not used is either consumed by the priest or stored in a tabernacle or other container, its presence signified by the red sanctuary lamp. Or we might say that Jesus, the one who in the words of the Eastern Church provides for us, gave the 5,000 present a form of their daily bread, that which as Christians we truly need, the body and blood of Christ received regularly in the liturgy of the Church. This is the meaning of, our, of the first of our two closing prayers in which the faithful are promised the blessings of eternal life with the saints in the kingdom of the Father if we turn from sin toward the Lord our God. Other AIC resources for this podcast discussed in this podcast homily are available at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net with seasonal videos and Christian education videos on the digital library page, Bible study videos on the Bible study page, and podcast versions on the podcast archive page. Information about pricing and ordering AIC Bookstore publications can be found at the virtual bookstore link at the bottom of the home page. Relevant to this episode is New Testament Gospels, an AIC Bible study video series presented in 48 episodes, including a detailed discussion of St. John's account plus the unique speaking roles of Andrew and Philip in episode 39 and episode 41. Another series, The Lives of the Saints, from the first series, episode one is focused on St. Andrew, episode four on St. John, episode five on St. Paul, episode seven on St. Mark, episode eight on St. Philip and James, and episode 13 on Bartholomew Nathaniel. From the second series, episode 28 is focused on the three English martyrs, including Archbishop Cranmer. From the AIC Bookstore Publications, Christian Spirituality and Anglican Perspective offers discussion of the concept of taking the Church's teaching to heart in the context of Archbishop Cranmer's responses for the commandments, and also the apostolic wisdom of St. Peter and St. Paul, St. James and St. Jude, 
and every example of the use of the phrase blessed be, blessed is, or blessed are in the book of Psalms. And finally, layman's lexicon, in which the key words of interest are commandments on pages 45 to 46, covet, covetousness on 52 to 53, Eucharist on 68, 69, faith on 73 to 74, sacrament on page 191, and virtues on pages 234 to 235. The first closing prayer is an adaptation from the first century liturgy of St. Mark the Apostle. The second is the collect for fourth Sunday in Lent, which Archbishop Thomas Cranmer adapted for the 1549 Book of Common Prayer from the Gregorian Sacramentary of the late 6th and early 7th centuries. Give peace, O Sovereign Lord our God, unto the minds and hearts of all thy faithful people. Graciously bestow upon us in thy kingdom thy promised blessing, which eye hath not seen and ear hath not heard. Grant that we may end our lives as Christians acceptable unto thee without sin, and be pleased to give us part and lot with all thy saints. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who with the Father and the Holy Spirit reigneth ever, one God, unto the ages of ages. Amen. Grant, we beseech thee, Almighty God, that we who for our evil deeds do worthily deserve to be punished, by the comfort of thy grace may mercifully be relieved through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and make use of its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.